You're listening to the Boiled Sports Handsome Hour, sponsored by Martin Vintage. Visit martinvintage.com for an excellent selection of Purdue t-shirts. Enter Boiled at checkout and receive 20% off your order. martinvintage.com Welcome to the Boiled Sports Handsome Hour. Uh, it is a post-victory Handsome Hour. Woo! Yes. I'm glad we have something fun to talk about because what did I say last week? The only mm-hmm. things I wanted anymore were for Scott Frost to eat it yeah. and to keep the bucket. So half mission accomplished right now. Now it's gravy. The next two weeks. Now I will admit I want I want Northwestern. Yeah. I think a team that hasn't scored a touchdown in like 38 days or something. I think that's a little... That should probably be a win. It'll feel better than a visit with Purdue. I mean, that's just... You think it's get right week. Right. Everybody get well. You're good to play Purdue. If, I if, mean, that, that's, isn't that historically right what we've dealt with? You know, they have a team has a quarterback in a slump or, you know, they've got an interception problem. Never played quarterback before or ever right. again. Right, can't run the ball. Pick, pick something, right? And then all of a sudden they are just destroying Purdue, right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, well, I expect Jay, North- and Boiler Dad is here too. Yeah. Uh, we told Anish to go scratch. Yep. Um, we him. I'm kidding, Anish. You can come back anytime. Um, this is a uh, a rare. Not that you all see when we do. This is a daytime recording, so we're doing this in the daylight. Everything feels it's really kind of like when you walk out of Harry's after Breakfast Club and the sun's shining on you. You you young folks will know what we're talking about. It's like this doesn't compute. My doesn't work. What's going on? Where are we? Are we in Alaska? Um, so we're coming off Purdue. Gosh, that was so fun. Beating Nebraska. That was so, so fun. And it wasn't you. You talked about this on your quick cast. And if you haven't watched both of quick cast and you're listening to this, I don't know what's wrong with you because those are shorter, more consumable. Now it is all boiler dad. So, I'm... well, it's like, it's like a, you know, any, any great, you know, series or, you know, like if you don't see one thing, you're going to be like, what's happening? Like right, right. now on the hands of you're probably episode. already. Yeah, you're right. probably confused. So go back. Get all the references. Yeah, yeah we'll no, wait. Go ahead and watch it. Hold on. All right. Now, now that you watch that, yeah, yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> you saw how he broke down. Not only was it fun to win, and I wrote about this in the post game, but Purdue did some things, and we've talked about this with Jeff Brom, I think, a number of times over the years. That now they do things that this program didn't do in the past. Where, sure, they took a lead, and that's when Plummer got hurt. Right before that, they still punched it in though. Good for them. O'Connell yep. comes in. They punch it in. They get the lead. And I don't know about you, but I said this in the post game. I thought to myself, all right, self, there's like eight minutes left. Maybe Purdue can hold this lead. Maybe. Nope. Okay. Nebraska comes right down and scores. Yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't right down. I mean, they took them four or five minutes. It was a good drive. They did a good job. The defense just couldn't stop them. They scored. They took the lead. And now I thought, oh, AOC has to take Purdue, has to take this squad yeah, down the field yeah. 82 yards in, in a few minutes. And... Not only did they do that, and I don't think this program on very, the fourth very quarterback, like, right? 
But, but it was right until the end. Then there was a little bit of misdirection, which makes it even more fun when you man, when you score touchdowns and a team was like flailing as you score them. And as you said, Bell didn't really even have to sprint. He just picked up the ball and sort of trotted, jogged, I think he did, kind of with the ball up in the air. Yeah. Uh, Flexed a little. Newbert said he sauntered. <laughs> well, uh, when you get two D linemen right? chasing you and your Bell – you, you're yeah. going to beat them whether you're trying or not. So. It's funny. The first uh, – so, you know, I, I saw it as in person, and right when the ball was given to Bell, everybody knew he was gone, uh, right? Yep. It was awesome. Touchdown. But the, but the funny thing is I watched the replay, and one of the replay angles looks like uh, seven is closing. Like you're like, oh, he's going to get him. And then you see the other angle, you're like, oh, they didn't have a chance at him. They really – they couldn't get there. I mean, they got within what, three, four feet, but – they, they weren't getting It's it. interesting they, that you say that as soon as he got the ball, everyone knew it. Because if you watch the, the Fox broadcast, I forget who was doing color. Um, but he, as soon as, as soon as the ball goes to him, he goes, touchdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. just heard him say it. And he's out on like the 10. It doesn't... Tillman, wasn't it? Tillman was yes, Spencer Tillman. Yeah, he's, but he's, as soon as they got it, touchdown. <laughs> Did, hey, can you correct me on something? I think Spencer Tillman, is he one of the guys that used to look like he wore eye makeup all the time when he was younger? And now he, he looks like a... Red-blooded American man. I don't, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe, maybe he quit wearing it, or maybe his eyes changed. Is that? I don't think so. There's I think so he much eye makeup, Spencer. You look like a whore. Yeah, no. <laughs> makes my sister look like a whore. Uh, that's a movie reference. I'm not calling my sister a whore. So uh, that's just, right. That's right. These are. This is a movie look, reference. If you don't know what movie it is, I'm not going to tell you. Don't tell. Okay. Wait, they, they let them find it. Uh, it's their fault. But that, yeah, that was tons of fun. And and then, by the way, then Nebraska gets the ball back again with over a minute. That's true, they did. And Adrian Martinez, who's got some experience. I mean, short short hopped what two or three passes, sailed one. I mean, like that's the good thing was there was uh, Purdue was all over him. Uh, they, they the the really really cool thing was Purdue was doing a three or four man rush depending on the down, and they were doing this kind of collapse the pocket but don't push it all the way in so he wouldn't scramble. Like mm-hmm. Karloftis had a great pass defense on the one where he ru- he rolled left Martinez did, and Karloftis just ran at him and just made himself big. That's what you're supposed to do by the way if you're attacked by a bear as well. <laughs> Or maybe you're supposed to look small. I, I I don't know. If you get attacked by a bear, just kind of say you're probably going to die. Yes. Anyway, so so Karloftis looked like a bear. Rawr, and he kept Martinez in check, and then Martinez threw a bad pass. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that, good... that was, there was no drama at all in that last drive, which was awesome, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and I don't know whether to I, – I do give Purdue's defense credit there. And, and Nick Holt, who had a shaky start to the season, his defense is definitely – Definitely improved in in recent yeah. weeks and shown it so, shown some some just even in the losses I don't think they were terrible against Iowa um, I don't even think they were terrible against Penn State I mean I think Penn State is just really good I think I think that you know they're doing what they can do they got a lot of injuries too and I, I was just going to say I wonder if Carl Loftus is developing faster because of you know the guys that are hurt and not there or would he be even better. If he had like Neil and Bailey out there, because oh, yeah. like, they'd have other... to double team those guys sometimes, right? <laughs> right. I mean, they'd have to shift blocking for for Bailey's blitz. Man, that, that delay blitz was pretty deadly. <clears throat> yeah, I miss yeah. it. Yeah, um, I miss a lot of that. That's yeah. but, this... so. So I, I did something stupid. I, I gave an unsung hero award to. If you look at the numbers, he was a pretty just a hero. He wasn't an unsung hero. When, when you look at Hopkins, Hopkins had ninety-seven yards receiving. 
that's a big day, right? Yeah. That's that's sizable. He and he had, so he had another. I don't know if he got the tight end of the week award according to whatever organizations given it to him two or three times this year, but he probably deserved it. Mm-hmm. Another great, and he had clutch catches. So let me just say the unsung hero award. Really, okay. This is this isn't the kidding around one. Okay, right when the, before the game, it looked like Barnes wasn't going to play. He had a high ankle sprain that happened in practice earlier in the week. And it looked like he was a 50-50 chance or whatever. And I said, oh, no, Martinez is playing. Oh, no, Mar- Barnes may not play. And that was a key to me because I was like, if you have one of your good defensive ends gone, Purdue's in a lot of trouble. They're just yeah. going to go on that side, right? Instead, Barnes played. And Barnes was very, very important. If you watch on running downs, he's very, very good, obviously. But he was really good at creating the symmetrical pinch of the pocket, you know, with Karloftis. Barnes is is really solid, and if you don't pay attention to number 55 as a Purdue fan, you should start doing it. He's really, really fun to watch. He's real strong. Uh, took Brahm a season to figure out where he should be. I mean, I always thought he was more of a defensive end than a linebacker, or two years. Um, and uh, he is a defensive end. He's a good defensive end. Oh, sorry. A little, little muting a, issue there. Mike, right. Mike wasn't on. Uh, you got to clear your throat. You got to hit. You know, it's professional here. You got to hit the, mic, the mute button. Yeah, the cough button know. is real. I pretty, I'd say 50% of the time I hit it, but it doesn't go on. And then I go, <laughs> yeah, whoop, and then I hear the hear it back through my earphones. So um, that's the, that's, I think that's probably the only reason we're not on uh, terrestrial radio at this point, I think. In well, it's probably the only reason we haven't been picked up by like Fox or ESPN radio, really. I would imagine. Some sort of satellite broadcast. Yeah. Um, so the only little thing, last thing to say about the Nebraska game that I found interesting just because I enjoy watching him flail around was <clears throat> just how, to me, in the post-game press conference, Frost has no answers. And I just want to, we can definitely close the book on talking about Nebraska at this point, but I just find it interesting that his answers were not, you know, insightful. They were, well, all I know how to do is just get better. Mm. Better. Hey, what did he say? Everybody, he just kept going through all the different units. Got to get better. Got to get better. Got to get better. Uh, okay, no kidding, right? I mean, th- that was nothing. That was really a big. But, but know, I don't. Is... But I don't. I mean, you guys forced out Bo Pelini, who won nine games every year at least. And I mean, they've done this more than once in their history. It's incredible, and I don't know what their expectation is. Well, but... they're still. You know, you and I have talked about football karma. You know, I don't believe in karma. I believe in sports karma. But forcing out uh, Solich and then forcing out Polini, you got two big helpings of sports karma you have to deal with. And when I say that, if if you've never listened before, what I believe happens is coaches talk to each other, athletes Mm -hmm. talk to each other, and when they push somebody out who's really good, they talk. They say, hey, that guy got a raw deal. You don't need to go to that place. And so that makes it harder to staff up a you know a, a, you know entire football program makes it a little harder to recruit. But here's the thing: Nebraska can't make those those excuses. One of my buddies said, "Have you gone and looked at Nebraska's recruiting in the last decade? There hasn't been a let up. They just got four stars and four stars and four stars and four stars. So when Purdue has a very good year, it's like a no- normal year for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And when you see the bodies on the field, honestly, in person." They're big. They have mm-hmm. big guys. They have multiple guys that are like Trice at corner. Mm-hmm. Big safeties, big corners, big defensive ends. Their tackles are just massive mounds of human being. They're, those guys aren't the most athletic, by the way, uh, Nebraska's defensive tackles. But they, boy, they are designed just Which means they're buying in to whatever's being sold to them, yep. right? Yep. Which means it's coaching, isn't it? Isn't that the natural? It seems like it, right? I mean... The funny thing is, right, it, it, Central Florida, the Scott Frost team that was so successful, 
was really defined by a very, very high-powered offense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is not a high-powered offense that we watch. And I would argue Martinez, I mean, no. I, I referenced it during the quick cast, but you know, people like Anish, Anish and the only one, just love Martinez, think he has really, really got a lot of tools. But he is not being used well, in my opinion. That's what I said. I mean, mm-hmm. to me... You got to get that guy rolling out. You got to you got to get him in motion. You got to do things where he's not ever in the pocket, but he was in the pocket quite a bit versus Purdue. I felt like, and that seems so, silly. You know, I don't. I don't think we'd looked at this. I know I hadn't. You know, Scott Frost was only at UCF for two seasons. Yep, and the first season was very bad. I believe six and seven, six oh. and seven, then thirteen and zero, then four and eight, and now four and five. He's twenty-seven and twenty as a coach. He's eight and thirteen at Nebraska. I mean, you know. I think we all agree that coaches coming into a new program, even I guess even one that's stacked with recruits, like you said, uh, like Nebraska, like let's do a little parallel there. I was going to say, I think coaches, we generally agree and we can touch on Taggart in a, in a few minutes if, if needed, but like sure. you'd probably get more than two years. You should probably, no matter what, you should get three, maybe four, because if you're not showing progress by three or four, then that's usually when you get canned. Right. But you know, if you want to do a little parallel here, Frost came in, like you said, Nebraska is not lacking for athletes. He came in with a ready-made quarterback and lineman, right. and he went four and eight. This year he's four and five, and he's going to struggle to win six. Jeff Brom comes into a decimated program. And I, I mean, we can't overstate that. I don't. That's not us being Purdue fans trying to make his accomplishments seem better. Daryl Hazel did, you know, a, a poor job <laughs> recruiting he did a very poor job recruiting, and 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 we've said this before. Danny Hope was much better at recruiting identity, right? Yep. Hazel's teams had no identity. He, Hazel was good at nailing down quarterbacks. He he, mm-hmm. I think three quarterbacks signed under him that were good, um, you know, talented guys, legit talented guys. But after that, there was nothing, and and the reputation in the state of Indiana. I have a couple friends that coach football, was just atrocious, and that's mm-hmm. kind of part of the thing where you're saying, okay. You're, you're not getting the results. It doesn't look like you're managing the game. Then on top of that, you're just burning down reputations or the reputation of the program. That's really, really tough to swallow. And yeah. um, and that kind of all goes along with this rebuild. Brahm has had to rebuild the reputation of everything about the program, and he's done it. I mean, even things like the thing that I look at, I, I, the more I dig into Purdue, the more I, the more, the more I dig into the football program, the more I learn, the more I like. And I saw that video this week. Um, they've got a, a guy who's a spiritual and life advisor. Um, we follow him on Twitter. I can't remember his name right now, and he is awesome. Like, um, he's the guy who came up with "salty" the, uh, the 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 slogan, and it came from. It's a scriptural backing. He said, "You know, salt is made to to uh, season things, salt of the earth, and right. you know, you season things, you make it better." Stay salty, you know, and then a lot of people thought I was just angry, but he they was talking about building each other up. He talked about the real reason was like you ask hard questions of your friends. You mm-hmm. don't just accept when they're screwing things up. And I was like, that's a big deal, right? Having a bunch of guys that are accountable to one another, that's a big deal. And so that's been the really great thing. If you if you know the people that you and I hear, we seem to hear a lot of them that um, other people that are Purdue fans don't hear it because of the the followers on Twitter mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that have had the audacity to say that Brom should be fired during this tough season, it just, it's ridiculous. Or that he was the wrong hire. Or that right. But, but you just look at the way he's building the program. It's great. Um, he's obviously still the apple of a lot of people's eye. 
I mean, every time a coaching opening comes up, his name is mentioned. Even if it's a half-assed mention, it's still mentioned. Florida mm-hmm. State fires Taggart, Brom right away. First article I read, first article you read, I believe, I believe, had Brom in it. It was half-baked. It wasn't true. They didn't really check their sources. But Dockage does the same thing, and he makes money doing quasi-journalism. So that's okay, right? But he's he's he is a guy that a lot of people still like. Let's let's not lose focus on that. Um, let's talk about Florida State real quickly, okay? Now, one thing I want to talk about is I saw Deion Sanders. Um, he pled racism um, with the Taggart situation, and and I would say that's not true. And and his his whole point is that he deserved more time. Okay, it's fair to say he deserved more mm-hmm. time, but he inherited a program with lots of lots of athletes, lots of tools, very, very good structure around the program. Um, and he's done nothing with it. In fact, every time they play a big game on a big stage in prime time, they've gotten throttled. And so I did a little research. Was there anybody in the last few years that's been hot, fired that had even close to the same amount of time? Cause that's the racism, mm. uh, you know, the, the main argument for racism, right? Is that, okay, they wouldn't have done this to a white guy. Major Applewhite coached, I think four or five yeah. more games. At Houston. At Houston, yep. He left Houston with a winning record, and they canned him at the end of his second. That's pretty close to what they done with Taggart, and it's Houston, right? So I would say the Florida State standard is obviously higher. The Florida State boosters are going to demand more, right? The Florida State fans are going to – they're going to jump ship and be like, I'm not watching this garbage. We, we – you know, this is relatively recent. We remember this team winning a national title, Just you know? Just a few years ago, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have a hard time whenever. But I do think. But I do think right away. There, there's a, there's a race element. Sure, there's a race element to everything. Of course, and I'm sure there were. I'm sure he heard some shit coaching in that part oh, of the yeah. country. I know he did. Um, the, the the major Apple comparison is really interesting to me because that is also a guy who similar to Tigert. He was in his state, right? I don't know. I, like Tigert is from Florida. He wanted that job. He left Oregon for it. Major Major Applewhite was a was a was a Texas quarterback and. Here he is at Houston, and the thing I read in a, a little bit about that too. They said their AD said that eight wins a year is not going to be good enough here at Houston. Now Sumlin actually is the one who set that standard there, right. and they decided we need to. They built a new stadium. They're like we need to capitalize it. They've been wanting to be in the Big Twelve for twenty or thirty years, mm-hmm. and they said when they hired Applewhite, eight wins a year. Not to him, but they said about it that we're not going to accept eight wins a year. This is a program that's going to win ten plus every year. And he won eight, I think, twice or something, and they fired him. So they at least stuck to what they said. But you're right. That's a good comparison because he wasn't exactly failing. And Taggart is. Now, I will say that he deserved more than a season and a half or whatever this is. Sure, 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 sure. That's ridiculous. I mean, what kind of commitment are you making then? Unless there's something, unless you've seen something, which is also possible, where the program is in disarray in some way. But I read something that said the the BS off the field stuff that Bobby Bowden used to have all the time. Taggart was not letting happen that th- th- these guys were going to class. They were, they were not getting in trouble. So to me, that's actually kind of harsh to be, you got to give them at least two years. You got to yeah. give them two, three, you got to show progress in year three. Their thing is they, I mean, they had that the same program. They literally sniped a guy who had just been fired, uh, just been hired at Oregon. That's the thing that I, and if, if your program is, that'll do that. Yeah. It's going to do that. You're, you're going to be pretty weird about standards and you're going to have a floating idea of what's right and wrong anyway. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to some, you know, make a unusual comparison, but they went after him. He had just been hired and they, they went, one year there, one year. Right. right. And then the other thing, he did it to 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 himself, right? 
Yeah. That's, I mean, why that, that kills me. I hate seeing um, unrealized potential, and that's, that's the biggest. But he'll be back. Player. He's 43. Right, right. Willie Taggart's 43. He'll be back. He'll get a good he coaching job. He'll probably come to Purdue for a year or two and just be a, a you know, uh, you know, liaison <laughs> or, uh, you know. I'll take oh, it. Bring him on the staff. Yeah. Oh, hells yes. Old buddies. That's right there. Brahm and Taggart pals, so let's do this. Ooh, let's just start the rumor so people start saying, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I he didn't think about that. Cost of living's easy. He can buy the biggest house he wants to in West Lafayette, right? He's getting $17 million as his buyout. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> you don't even have to pay the guy. That's what somebody – I was listening to somebody today on the radio, Dan Patrick show or something, and they said – they said, everybody's making Taggart out into the victim. If you give me $17 million, said, you can't do the thing you like to do most. And he used, I can't remember, some sport, watch some team. And he said, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. $17 million, deal. I'm going to find a new hobby. <laughs> 43 yes. $17 million to not coach. That's what Anish said back to me in a, in a message. He said, that's right. still my dream, dream job. And he said, yes. Fired get, football coach. <laughs> right. He said, he said, to get paid to not do something is his dream, right? And then he's, he's been saying that for a while. <laughs> Really, I think. Oh man. Um, so let me let's talk a few more Purdue things. We have a truncated handsome hour just due to uh, due to life. Um, you mentioned something, and I want to spend just a couple minutes on this. You mentioned something on the quick cast again. You've all now gone back and listened to that, so you've heard this. But you talked about Purdue making a bowl at five wins. Yeah, and I love well, that. The, the idea. thing is, though, that yeah, I know you 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 love that right away. Um, I love the funny thing is that they they've got to do some things to get five wins, right? They got to beat a good IU team now, right? That's the that's that's a big deal. So, um, lost you. Yep, there you are. Okay, there we go. So. You may have to edit that out. Yep. That yep. I was going to say though, one of the questions connected to that is how many. You said it's going to be tough to win five more to win to get to five wins. Yeah. Yeah. They've got well, okay. They got Northwestern and IU. My question to you is, how many wins do they end the season with? And if you say four and a half, then you're just like Vegas. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Did we've been talking about this for weeks? We see, we referenced this last week. Four or five wins was a successful season. Nothing. Right. So I still say four wins is a fine season because now you've got two bowl teams in that last group of three. We thought they'd be Northwestern and Wisconsin, right? When we looked at the the, yep. the season schedule early. Um, but I use good. I mean, seven one, seven and two is a really, really good. We should group. be talking about that too. You and I both said this separately on Twitter at different times in variations. And I think it's it's weird that people think we're smarmy sometimes or yeah, snarky. What? I don't know why they get that idea. But you and I both, I think, really meant it. Like, hats off to Tom Allen, man. He yeah. has worked his ass off. And and by the way, with no support from any fans. No. So screw that. No. Like, like that guy's worked. Fans. By the way, people thought I was being funny. Because I know two good IU football fans. I was serious. Those are their real names. You know both of them. Nick and Jim. Those are real people. Like, I'm not looking. You guys know I'm too stupid to remember those. A fake name. Those are real friends of mine that are real IU fans. That's it. That's the list. There's none other out there. I mean, and and it showed, right? You saw it before the kickoff. There was nobody in that stadium. That's that's awful. That's awful. He literally went with his hat in hand around campus begging kids to come to the game. That tells you the effort he's made. And if he gets another offer, he should leave. I am rooting for Tom Allen to go anyplace else. I know he won't. Like, but I, I want him to go someplace. Go. Now that he's gotten a 7-2 and two season, even if it's a soft and weak schedule, 7-2 and two is a good record. IU is good. Um, they, I mean, they've got 
they they always have good skilled players, right? They always have good running they backs. Do. They, they always do. have good offensive linemen. That's that's not changed, you know. The difference is now they got a decent defense, and he did that. That's him. And 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 anybody saying because a number of people have responded and said, "Oh, who's their best win?" Okay, first of all, they're four and two. They're tied for second place in the Big Ten East. I don't give a shit who you've played in that. You've played the teams in front of you, and you're seven and two yeah. now. I will say they may end up seven and five because they finish at Penn State versus Michigan and at Purdue. But, but even seven, yeah, they could five, be they could be they could be licking their wounds pretty bad by the time they get to to the bucket game. Obviously, yes, uh, yes. But who knows? Either Michigan's way, hit their stride, man. They look good yep. now. Well, Michigan does, man. They beat the crap out of the bad teams in the soft middle of their schedule, and they're still. I think Ohio State's still going to do naughty things to them. I still think it's going to be pretty. I just keep waiting for that to stop, right? I mean, cycles, you know, they 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 happen and they come and go, and you got you say, okay, it's got to end eventually. They that's that is the worst rivalry in America, right? I mean, they haven't competed with. They've got them in in Ann Arbor, who's a whore. They've got them there this year, um, so maybe maybe that means something. I don't know, but but right now, Michigan and IU are both seven and two with four and two conference records. So again. Not that we want to heap too much praise on Indiana, except to say that if Purdue beats them, it will be a very quality win. Yes. But you know what? They're doing what they need to do, guys. And anybody, <clears throat> we're actually not being like good for them. If Purdue was seven and two with a bunch of soft wins, we've joked about this on our side all the time. We'd absolutely take it. Well, here's the other question: absolutely. Unless you are over fifty, do you really hate IU football? Not really. Right? Not really. Right. Not really. I mean, um, that's the funny thing. I think Dave is over fifty by what a year or two? Was he fifty-two? Mm-hmm. Something like Something that. Something like that. Dave mm-hmm. hates IU. Like he hates IU football, right? I think he really hates. You it. and I are pretty close. I mean, we I we want to win the bucket, and we don't like IU fans. I don't hate IU football though. I even, I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, why? How would? Why would you hate Tom Allen? No, agreed. agreed. He's there, Danny Hope. Yeah, probably a better coach. Probably a better in-game coach. Oh, he is a better in-game coach. But he's, I, I, but that's what he is. And nobody hated Danny Hope. I mean, come no. on. Nope. And I've always liked, I, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, Fred Glass has said some stupid stuff, but generally Fred Glass has done a pretty good job trying to build a football program. He, I mean, this is the whole thing. What I, don't hate, with. I don't hate IU football. I don't hate IU football. I disdain their basketball program because they have so many people clinging on that have no connection to the university. I mean, that's tough to swallow. I don't care what program it is. You know, that's that, those fans are the worst. Although I would welcome some more Purdue fans just to kind of just to make it feel more like a party, it'd be fun. So, did you? Um, I'm going to jump topics because we we're going to make sure we maximize our time together. Yeah. What did you think of the Breeze hype up? I, I well, the, my favorite thing is he kind of turns a corner and hits his rhythm in the middle. He's just chatting at first. He's like, I met my girl, chatting, my wife yeah, here. Yeah, maybe he's getting um, his thoughts. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's all of a sudden he just boom, and then you're like, whoa. <laughs> Now I get this, man. This is why people want to follow that guy, right? This is when he's in a huddle, you're like, that dude's a badass, right? Yeah. And then he goes out and performs, of course. It's not a coincidence. We mentioned this. Not a coincidence. The special teams were horrible. He didn't mention them. They were not motivated to do well. Then they go out and get two punts blocked. Didn't mention the punters either. Didn't Any special teams. Didn't mention them. Didn't mention anybody that kicks a ball or is involved in plays while kicking a ball. And that's why, I mean, how do you how do you block two punts and not just throttle a team? They blocked two punts on the other side of the field, like deep, right? Wasn't it like 30 and 20-something? Yeah. And 
Man, that's well, you pretty... made the point that this wouldn't have been a close game if those things didn't happen. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, that's again overcoming um, because and and Jack threw two picks. Hey, one I mean, that was almost a pick six. That's the thing. That little underhand toss right to the belly of the biggest guy on the field. Right. It's hilarious. That's hilarious. There's a picture of that someplace. I don't know who took it. Where. Plumbers just let go of the ball, and the Nebraska guy stand there with his arms out. And I'm like, you couldn't see that? For real? You you didn't see that, dude? Oh, that was amazing. Uh, and then he's just rumbling, and I'm just talking. As he's running slowly, I'm like, well, he's going to score. I'm just <laughs> literally talking. I'm like, this is amazing. What an incredible. I said, they're going to be down. Because I think they only came with a field goal there. I think so, yes. But I said, to, as he's kind of slowly going down the field, I said to my dad, I said, it's going to be 14-0 at the end of the first quarter versus Nebraska, a bad yep. Nebraska team. Yep. Well, they were, it was 10-0 after one. So Purdue, came, Purdue overcame a double-digit deficit, too. That's a lot that's of not, fight. That's a that's lot, lot of fight. fight. Especially that first quarter after the Illinois game. Oh. That's, that Makes is think where... We are really bad, right? I would think there are a lot of players kind of doubting things in their head. and It's tough not to lose, especially a bunch of young guys. These are, these are yes. not battle-tested dudes, right? So this is, these are guys that have been, you know, they've been playing college football for a short time. They just played a horrible mm. game where they heard how bad they were. Yes. And, and so all credit to bad. a couple of young guys, King Drew, Jack Plummer, way to bring Purdue back. And then... Yep. And Jack gets hurt and lost for the season because that's a rite of passage at Purdue. I don't know if yeah. you guys all know that, but that's something that everyone The good knows. news, I said this to somebody, uh, another one of our pals. Uh, I, I said to him that uh, where else is a broken clavicle and a broken ankle good news? Why is it good news? Because you didn't tear your ACL. You didn't have a major head injury. You didn't have a back injury. You don't have to retire like, from like, football. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You're kind of like, okay, good. Sipes has been over, overlooked this year. He retired from football due to injury. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. I, that's, mean, I mean, that's that's rough. I, it, the whole thing's rough this year, and that's what I keep saying. This is just a tough season. Just get through it. It was funny. Back in September, middle or end of, end of September, my brother said, he's like, you, know, you don't have this happen very often where you're, you're like this early in the season. You're like, let's just get over with this thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of every week. Even with guys like you're saying, O'Connell comes in, he's going to start his first game. I'm like, I just don't want to see another guy get hurt. No kidding. Right? And somebody has to play against Wisconsin. <laughs> right. Yeah. I. <laughs> gosh. I mean, and they're going there too. Like, yeah. That's another one of those where you're like, you know what? We're just... doing super well in Madison, right? Oh, yeah. We've been be really fun. good the last 15 years. <laughs> oh boy! So uh, I wonder. Purdue generally uh, at Northwestern. There's a solid contingent. I think there will be again. Northwestern fans are pretty demotivated right now. Northwestern hasn't scored a touchdown since I was a wee lad. Yes, uh, you, you have to win that game. Got to win it. And I hate to say it that way because I already said all I really wanted was was Nebraska and IU. But I'd be pretty upset if Purdue didn't win this game because when is when is Brum going to beat Fitzgerald? I can't. It's hard to envision him being zero and three, almost against any coach in the Big Ten. Right. Not right. that Fitzgerald's not a good coach because he is. He coaches as we've talked about. He coaches really well for that program. Like he's, he's what two and doing. one versus Hayden or <laughs> Hayden Fry versus <laughs> Kurt Ferentz. Wow. So two and one. What do you say? Yeah, two and one versus Iowa, right? 
Oh, I thought you meant Fitzgerald. I was like, Fitzgerald's been around for like a decade. What are you no, talking no. about? That's the thing. So somebody yes, brought up yes. uh, Fitzgerald and his kind of unusual rants. And want to know against Urban Meyer, too. But. Yeah. But <laughs> Fitz has been weird this year, right? He's been frustrated. He goes off yeah. on officials. That IU game, he was chewing on officials for like an hour, it seemed like, of the game, right? He was just all over them. Um, he's frustrated. There's no doubt. I think he's probably as confused as all of us are how the program could take that much of a step back in the season. He's tried everything. That's what I always say. When, when you're having a bad season, when a coach doesn't try new things, he's putting everybody in there at quarterback. They're trying to run different plays, and they just can't move the ball. Um, I think that what Purdue needs to do is just be really, really fundamentally sound versus Northwestern. Don't especially give it away. Exactly. Don't give it away. Run the ball. You know, be patient. Play the play the field position game that they were playing against Illinois early before hell broke loose and the rain. St- I mean, that's if you watch that game, Purdue was playing a. They they really were playing a field position game versus Illinois, and they were marching the ball forward. And you're like, okay, this is okay. This is okay. Mm-hmm. And because that was, by the way, I think I was Plummer's second start, right? Not sure. I think he so. started. He started TCU. Oh, he started TCU. Uh, he started TCU, yeah. Man, so it was like a started sports. TCU and Penn State. Oh, yeah, right? it was four star, four star, yeah. Yeah. Iowa, Maryland. <laughs> weren't those all no, him? It was like Plumber's seventieth start. <laughs> weren't they all him? No, because because yeah. yeah. Eli came back from Minnesota. Yep. Yep. So they did Nevada, Vanderbilt. Didn't start TCU. Then he started Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know how I get out of the house with that brain. Do you? I mean. <laughs> I was pretty sure of it as I was saying it. I can cut that so it sounds like you're much smarter if you want. It doesn't matter. You can leave that in there. You got you got things to do. Uh, and people but already I, know that. But I agree. They they have to just be smart with this game. I mean, right now I'm looking at the numbers right now. Purdue's averaging almost 25 points a game. Northwestern's averaging 9.8 points per game this year. You you must win. What's this their game. biggest scoring game of the year? Probably it's got to be pre-con. They did. They put up 30 in their only win against UNLV. 30? They won 30 to, 30 to 14. They won. They've, in their losses, they've scored 7, 10, 15, 10, 3, 0, 3. Their last touchdown was their 13 to 10 loss to Nebraska about a month ago. But you knew they were going to struggle. You just didn't know they were going to struggle like this. Oh, I, I knew they weren't going to be good this year, but only because their schedule was was brutal the first half. But now it's – so if you look at the – now, again, think back to the start of the season. After they played Iowa uh, two weeks ago, they then had Indiana, Purdue, UMass, Minnesota, Illinois. Being the season, you look at that and you're like, oh, well, they could win the whole back half of their schedule. Yeah, yeah. Right? Last year's team would have. But um, – and they'll win. I do think they'll get – I mean, I don't think they're going to go 1-11. That would be – that would be un- – Precedented to be in the title game is unprecedented year? for for Fitz to be to do there. That. I don't think I don't think he well. has had a season that bad. They're going to beat UMass next week. Let's be honest. They're going to beat UMass. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're going to have at least two wins, mm-hmm. uh, and they finish the year at Illinois. And Illinois, if they already have their bowl, they may not be focused. They have five <laughs> I mean, wins right now, don't they? they have Illinois five. has five wins right now, but I don't think. They, um, I have to look here. They, they, I think, I think actually they need that Northwestern game. Yeah. Illinois goes to Michigan state this weekend and at Iowa next weekend or a couple weeks from now. And then they finish against Northwestern. So they're going to need that for a second. Illinois and Purdue both have five wins. The bowl committee invites Purdue. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's that. There's no question. Right. And in Illinois fans would be very angry, which would be hilarious because they're kind of a funny fan base because they're, they're a bit of a woe is me bunch. Like yes. they've been, 
Uh, so that could be hilarious. They uh, think that they're. I, I have a friend who spent a lot of time in Chicago and he's a Purdue guy, and he's he always tells me he's like Illinois sports fans. They believe Illinois is like an elite athletic unit, like basketball and football. They right. think they are like at the very top. He said it's such a weird Literally delusion. Nobody else believes it. Nobody else thinks right. that. There's no history of that. Yep. Maybe a little good history in basketball, Kurt but Kittner in football. I mean, they've had some good years. Butkus, so you got to count that's these chunks. Like, they're oh. they're kind of like a program near and dear to our hearts, right? I mean, they're they're a bit like Purdue, and we're really realistic with the overall sure. program, and we can name the great coaches and the great eras, right, yeah. pretty quickly. Yes. And but Purdue's known just, for something, yeah. even if it's not winning lots and lots of games, defensive uh-huh. ends, quarterbacks, right. That's pretty widely accepted that that's a Purdue thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Illinois, I don't think anybody looks at Illinois and says, oh, running back you. Nobody says that. No, like, I don't know. I mean, they had that that's one a... weird Rose Bowl. Was it like 09 or something with Juice Williams when they remember yeah. that? They had like a really weird year and they won, They really do, did win, they won like 10 games or something. Yeah. And they beat, yeah. I think they beat Ohio State at home and they earned it. But, um, but other than that, in the last 30 years, I don't think they've done anything. Yeah, there's one team right near that one too. I think, was it? Was it Kittner who was their quarterback? Kurt Kittner was. I don't know if yeah. I'm... Right after or right before Williams, they were good too. So it was like they yeah. were clustered very closely. Yeah, they were good. That's it. But that's it. That's it. Um, Jeff George went there. That's all he also went thought. to Purdue. Right, he did. So that makes... <laughs> Look so, at that. The so you know, I don't know speech. if you answered the question. How many wins, as we sit here right now with three games to go, do you think Purdue finishes with? They have we'll three right now. I'll say five. She's Northwestern and Indiana, I assume. You know, it's, you Wisconsin know, and I... <laughs> just because be... Jeff Brom F's with all your all brains, yes. right? They lose at Northwestern, the season feels over, then they win those two games and get invited to a bowl at five and seven. That would and be And somehow win the bowl game and finish five hundred. Or no, finish just below. Six and seven. Six and yeah. seven. Like but last still, year. Wouldn't that be I mean like gosh. I mean, that's one thing you guys talked about last week. You and Anish talked about. There's no real pattern to anything. It's just nope. everything's kind of unexpected. Uh crushing defeat doesn't you mean said... you you said a few weeks ago, more than a few weeks ago, you said if he lugs this team to a bowl game, that would be insane. That's like, insane. It's insane. And now I believe he's going to. <laughs> so I don't, I don't believe he's going to. I'm not there yet. I think they win the Northwestern game. It's a road game in the Big Ten, not a gimme. This is like I've given stipulations before earlier in the season. I thought, uh, which game was it? Uh, I thought. Purdue would beat Illinois if uh, if it wasn't you know a foot of standing water. Mm-hmm. Literally, right. goal line. No, I, I thought I thought um, Purdue would beat TCU. Did I say TCU? If Sindelar played the whole game, I think I did. Mm-hmm. I think Sindelar I did. Goal, as it turns out. Yeah. And I thought Purdue would beat Minnesota if Sindelar played. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. So. So my stipulation here, I'm going to say Sindel. I'm going to call the Sindelar card again. Again, I know that it's iffy, but man, Brom smirked when he said. But he, but did he ruled it out? People he asked smirked. Carmen he smirked. for clarification. Though was Brom talking about not going to play against Northwestern or not going to play at all? Period. No, he did not say at all. He, he did meant not this week. He meant this week. He said. He said. And fine. Uh, whoa. But he smirked. I'm telling you, he smirked then my dream, when he answered the damn question. I was then like, my dream of resting him until November 30th is still alive. That's all you want. You just want just because that would coming be coming out of the tunnel uh-huh. like a cape on, 
Right. Throwing for six touchdowns against the Indiana. Oh, my gosh. I think it's so hard to do that. So I think you need to tune up in Camp Randall. What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't want him back at North. I get don't it. bring I him back it. at Wisconsin. I don't care if he's rusty for a quarter against Indiana. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I want him in that game so badly. Oh, and then if he transfers somewhere else next year, we're going to have to cheer for him wherever he is. That are, the funny thing is you sent me a, you sent us a link. Yes. Last the funny thing is you sent it. I thought I was looking for new information. I look at the date. I'm like, Dag nabbit, this isn't new information. But the funny thing is the quotes like the they quotes said, are... he, he clearly left the door open to come back. So when... all of us have been saying, yeah, and two people when they ask us, we don't think he's coming back because he doesn't want to play another year. But mm-hmm. but when you get that additional context, he did say that. But that was assuming he had a full season and could then enter the draft. He has not had that. So and he's a very logical guy. So he may say, you know what, I have a year of eligibility. I'm never going to do this again if I don't do it now. Right. And he was talking about the weapons at Purdue. Oh, oh man, the with that schedule next year. Ooh. And those weapons. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. please. One more year, Eli. One more year. Running back table will be full again. Wide receivers, tight ends. Man, oh man, oh man. And the offensive line will actually be servicing. He and Rondell Moore can have a senior day together. That'd be interesting. <laughs> the weirdest senior day ever. A guy who's like 70 years old, who's been hurt 100 times, then a guy in his third year. <laughs> 70 years old. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not young, though. He's Because no. he redshirted without medical, right? And then he redshirted again with medical. So he's going to be, I guess, 24 next year. Yep. Yep. And, oh, uh, gosh, at least. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's... I felt bad. I re- went back and watched my own podcast, and I called him a kid. I'm like, I called him a kid because I'm an old man, not because he's a baby. Um, oh, he's he, man. And he's a huge man. I mean, he they're is. They're all kids to us. I think he's three, four feet taller than me. So I'll look right now, by the way. He's born in June of 96. He's 23 now. So okay. yep. so next season, he'd be 24 during the season. Yep. So that's, that's old for college. Yeah, big arm, big arm. So. I hope he comes back. I hope he, I hope he plays this season. I hope he plays next season. So that's my wish. But like I said, support whatever he chooses. So uh, b- basketball's on the way, Jay. I mean, um, yeah. are you excited? How do you feel about that? Uh, I think. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Because you went, uh... Well, because I'm still smarting a little from uh, late March. And. It's hard to get back up when your your program gets so close to something like that and has all the pieces where you want them. And, and those pieces, several of them are gone. Some of the key pieces are gone. And I know there's a nice stable. I know there's a nice reload. And they're going to be good, no doubt. Like, they're going to be talented. Let's put it that way. Um, so, yeah, of course, it's always fun to watch. I just think, man, I'm just going to be thinking. I'm going to be thinking all year about how close they were. I really am. We yeah, I shit. get it. And, and, and Purdue, in their secret scrimmage, had a hard time scoring. No Joel Eastern didn't play. No Joel Eastern will play tomorrow night, which is, which is great because um, mm-hmm. we're recording Tuesday. Um, but they, they have a lot to figure out. They may even have more to figure out this year than they did last year, which they had a lot to figure out last year because they had a instant offense spark plug. They really don't have that. And um, I mean, Sasha is going to be a good shooter, and and um, they have some interesting parts, and and Proctor's going to be solid. But, but you can't on. replace a guy who can just take over the game no. like that. You don't <laughs> so have. A I did a little 10. research, by the way. Uh, yeah. Carson is averaging, I think, around ten minutes for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. He he decided to introduce Celtics fans in the regular season to bad Carson, which is an interesting tactic. He's shooting fifteen percent from three 
22% from the floor. Is that bad? Ay, ay, ay. And so he's, his minutes have gone down a little bit. And the Celtics fans seem to understand, the knowledgeable ones think that, seem to understand he needs to be on the floor a lot to get into rhythm. Yep. Even Stevens admitted that, right? Because he, he and his buddy Matt talk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but boy, that four to five minutes, which I think he's done a couple times, and now he's got short hair, so all of his power has been taken away, like biblical Samson. That looks ridiculous. So I'm yeah, sad right. about Those that. numbers are not very good. Those numbers are not good. Uh, but anyway, I think it's what four points a game. Yikes! Yeah. Yes, four points a game. Just under two rebounds. Fifteen percent from three, twenty-two from the floor. Woof! Woof! Woof is right. <laughs> he, he did put up ten against the Knicks, which I think that's. But maybe he can come back and use his last year eligibility. I think. think that There's some Purdue fans who think that's a possibility. Which. Are you sure he's going to leave? Sure. Are you sure he's really not playing this year? <laughs> I'm sure all year the same people. It's the same. Get ready because there's already people talking about redshirting Rondells to have an extra year. Do whatever you want, guys. He's he's going to come next year and then he's going to the NFL. I'm just sorry to tear that off, but he's going. He's going. Well, Jay, uh, we get close to the end of football season. And, uh, the temperatures go down, but uh, uh, my Martin Vintage T-shirt it, uh, it it stays in my closet all year, and um, and and. Uh, you know, well, I'm, you're I'm, in the closet. You actually hang here. Do you press them? I press them. Yeah, I, t- I actually have them dry cleaned. Right. Right. Don't uh, need to. No need to. You, do know, that. you don't need to. Of course not. But I just want to keep them in like pristine shape. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you go to martinvintage.com and enter boil at checkout, you'll get twenty percent off your order of as many Martin Vintage shirts as you can possibly stuff in your cart. It's a pretty big do cart. It. Do it now. Do it now. Or I'll do it after we exit. Yeah, we're do it after you're listen. done listening. Oh, you can do it while you're listening. You can multitask. Yeah, it's okay. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Don't miss anything. Yep. All right. It's on to Northwestern and Purdue basketball. Yep. Uh, Jay, have a uh, have a great day, and and everyone who's listening, uh, thanks for thanks for doing it. We do appreciate you, and um, we love you guys. Have a great afternoon. We love you guys. Good day. <laughs> Good day.